0: Major spoilers theme song. The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Pod on on the air. The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. On the
1: air. Pod Pod Podcast. I'm Matthew I'm Rodrigo and I'm Stephen. If you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, Podcasts podcast, podcast, by podcast. by pod- 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 podca- pod- 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 Podcast the by 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 Welcome to Major Spoilers, the Major Spoilers podcast. So glad you could join us as part of our six-year celebration. We decided that it's time, as we celebrate the big Independence Weekend, Major Spoilers Holiday, it's time to celebrate another Independent by uh, talking with Chris Roberson from Monkey Brain Comics. Chris, how are you? I'm good, thank you. So the last time we talked was quite a while ago. This was, uh, I guess, back at the beginning of the year. Long okay. before everything blew up with DC, long before uh, Monkey Brain Comics was announced. And so we've got a little catching up to do. Okay. First of all, congratulations on Monkey Brain Comics. This seems like something that uh, you've been thinking about for a long time and trying to, uh, to come about.
0: It has. It's something that we've been um, kind of mulling over for a couple of years and actively working on since early last year and working on almost the exclusion of everything else since the beginning of this year. And, you
1: know, one of the things we tried to get you involved with um, with the Clockwork Storybook Challenge, but you said you were too busy at the time and didn't want to go into any detail. This was probably why.
0: This was what I was doing, yes. <laughs>
1: um, so, because this has been going on so long, and we might want to clear this up right now, um, Monkey Brain Comics did not come about because of your public... Um, Discussion with DC, I think his discussion might be the maybe the one-sided comment from from
0: DC. That, that, that's a polite term. Okay. Uh, no, I and it's impressive. It's uh, uh, you know I'm flattered uh, that anyone would think that I could get this put together and moving and launched since the end of the third week of April or whatever it was that all that all happened. Right. Uh, but no, it took it took several months longer than
2: that.
1: Well, but. So the big blow-up with DC was over creator rights, um, maybe specifically with with the before Watchmen uh, stuff. Monkey Brain Comics, though, is all about creator's rights. Can you kind of explain how this business model works with you and everyone who is um, publishing books through Monkey Brain?
0: Uh, Sure. Um, You know, we realized as we were putting this together that um, the possibilities of doing things digitally which basically is that there's not a lot of money risk up front. Mm -hmm. So, um, a lot of the arguments historically, um, about why creator rights have to be, um, either curtailed or, or, um, incrementally surrendered to publishers was that traditionally this, the publishers are shouldering, uh, a lot of the financial burden, um, but with digital comics, um, everybody is working uh, on back end. everybody that's doing books for monkey brain. There is no upfront money. And, um, what little upfront money is being spent is being spent by my wife, Allison Baker and I just to do like promotional stuff and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the sales, uh, the, the money that, you know, comes in from uh, purchases that people make, um, all gets funneled directly to the creators. Um, So we don't need to take any rights. There's nothing to be gained. We can't do anything with them because we're not a movie company or we're not a print publisher. We are only taking digital rights um, because we are selling digital comics. And the creators can do with the print rights or the film rights or the action figure rights or whatever the case may be, whatever they want. And it has nothing to do with me. Well, I I guess, and maybe
1: you can explain this a little bit more because one of the things that's a little bit – weird for me is here are all these these people uh, just this past week on, on the show uh, on the Tuesday show uh, I reviewed Amelia Cole and The Unknown World mm-hmm. um, what was preventing them from just going to comiXology directly and saying hey here's my comic please uh,
0: please sell it through your store uh, well nothing um, and uh, you know up to this point nothing prevented anybody from doing that and I know that going forward um I probably can't say too much, but there, okay. there are other avenues that are going to be you know, cropping up. Um, but really what Monkey Brain offers to the creators is that we handle all logistics. Um, I see. My wife Alice and I have owned and operated a, a print publishing company mm-hmm. uh, for 10 years um, and then um, did a lot of the management on the Clockwork Storybook stuff even before that. So we have considerable experience in doing, um, you know, production work, and press work, and um, accounting, and royalty payments, and tracking all those things. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of creators, frankly, either don't have an aptitude for that kind of thing, or don't have an interest in doing it because it is fairly time-consuming. Sure, Um, and can be uh, to some people somewhat odious. Mm -hmm. My wife and I don't mind it. It's because we don't have, you know, we actually derive uh, enjoyment from. Uh, messing around in Photoshop and InDesign or or sending emails back and forth to uh, the press and whatnot. Um, So really what we're offering is to handle all of the uh, somewhat annoying, time-consuming business side of things so that creators can just get busy with the act of creation.
1: So how does... Uh, how does digital affect marketing? And, and earlier this week, we ha- we had a press conference where you kind of addressed this. But how does Monkey Brain? How do they? How do you guys position yourself in a better position for marketing and publicizing a book that's digital only, as opposed to uh, another publisher, DC, for example, uh, who has to go through a more traditional route?
0: Well, I think the real thing is decoupling it from the print piece, um, because you know doing uh, simultaneous print and digital means that you have to serve two masters. You have to basically um, do all the things you have to do for a print comic, but then also do whatever's possible with a digital comic. And with print comics, um, with the way the direct market has evolved, you have to solicit several months in advance. And you usually have to um, uh, uh, start teasing even before that, just to kind of uh, gin up interest amongst the readers, so they will then go and pester their retailers to order the thing. Mm-hmm. and you'll have to remind everybody three months later to go back to the store to buy the thing where the retailers are stuck with books that they're not selling with digital we, we realized that we could sell them in the same way that um, a new app for the iPhone is sold or the way that you know any kind of new digital offering is sold which is that you wait until the thing is available for sale and then you do your big push so you don't run the risk of gaining attention with your initial T's and then losing it when the product is actually available. What happened with us this, this week was somewhat unexpected because we could we really wanted to launch before San Diego. Mm-hmm. We, the, the the resonance of launching on July 4th. Um, but we realized we couldn't really do a big marketing push on July fourth because it's a holiday and people would be home with their families. Um, but then doing it as close to the release day as we could it generated enough interest that there was really nothing to be gained from waiting. And uh, because it was digital and there's not, you know, trucks and freight involved, it was just the work of a few really dedicated people at Comixology um, doing that release two days early and just getting it out then when everyone was interested to in take a
1: look at it. Well, that's what that's what was really surprising, and that's uh, I think what's kind of unique about this digital market is here you had – and I think the, the press conference, the, the virtual press conference that you had, was fairly well attended by Comics Press uh, people. And yes. it generated a tremendous buzz both on Twitter, uh, on the various websites. I think it showed up in, in Google and a couple of other places. And you guys had just decided that, hey, we're trending enough right now. Let's just flip the switch, Where if, as if you were a print publisher or if you were offering the first book at Comic-Con, you would have had to wait at a week and a half for that to happen.
2: Yeah,
0: and hope that that interest hadn't diffused in the, in the subsequent days.
1: So how has been the response? Have you gotten any initial feedback? I know, granted, it's only been, uh, at the time of this recording, 24 hours since uh, the books have, have launched. But what's been the, uh, any feedback or any tracking that you can uh, share with well,
0: us? You know, we won't have real numbers in terms of uh, how the sales have done until the end of the month. Um, but just in terms, anecdotally, um, the response seems to be overwhelmingly positive. Because having, as we do, like five very different titles, um, the chances are are much greater that one of those five titles would appeal to any hypothetical reader. So even if the other four don't appeal to them at all, one of the five might. And um, just in terms of the reaction I'm seeing online and Twitter and Facebook and reviews and things, um, we seem to be having a fairly high success rate in something – appealing to just about everybody that's checking it out.
1: Now, what is it in in this initial release? There's six titles? Well,
0: there's actually five. It's got a little confusing because our original press release that went out to the people on the the conference call included a title that wasn't going to be coming out until July 17th. Oh, okay. But we realized that the wording was really confusing, Mm -hmm. and so we changed that. When uh, Comicsology sent the press release out yesterday. So it looks like a title was missing. It's not missing. It just was never supposed to come out this week in the first
1: place. So we've already reviewed Amelia Cole and the Unknown World. Very, I mean, it's interesting. I want to see where it goes. Um, what else is on there? We've got, uh, well, of course, we've got a, a book from this guy called Chris Roberson. What's What's up with that?
0: Uh, that guy, don't don't lend him any money. Uh, <laughs> I heard he's a loose cannon, too. You gotta, he is a loose cannon. You be careful about that guy. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, it's called Edison Rex, and uh, the high concept elevator pitch bumper sticker is um, world's greatest criminal genius, mad scientist who's devoted his entire adult life to defeating the world's greatest hero mm-hmm. on the grounds that he believes uh, that the world's greatest hero is bad for humanity. Um, and in the first installment, he succeeds in defeating the world's greatest hero and has to figure out what to do with his life next and uh, what it means for the world not to have a uh, world's greatest hero anymore. And so
1: I mean this is uh, I mean this is truly an indie book for you. Uh, you've been doing some stuff with IDW, of course you had the DC, uh iZombie and, and Cinderella series U Vertigo. Um, mm-hmm. How How is this? Is this more freeing, or, or how does it feel to be working in this totally new indie environment than, than maybe working in that in that corporate uh, comic publisher world that you've been working in the last couple of years? Hello? Oop, did we lose him? Hello, Chris?
0: He's really thinking about it.
2: Really <laughs> thinking. Yeah, I think he dropped. Okay.
1: Let me see. Let's get back here to the call. Good interview. Let me see if we can get him back. Oh, hello. hello. Can you hear me now? Yep, I can hear you now. Yep.
0: Sorry, I heard your entire question, but you couldn't hear the beginning of my answer.
1: Yeah, sorry. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's quite all right. Um, so it, it, I was just saying that, like, um, I've been very lucky in the, the work that I've done to date and that all of it was either things I own or was, were instances of working on properties that I, I adored a great deal, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like Superman or Star Trek Legion and things like that. Um, the difference in this one is that um the artist and I can really do anything we want, and we don 't have to slow down to ask anyone else's permission or ask if anyone else thinks it 's okay or wait for some sort of editorial feedback if we have some crazy notion, we could then just put the thing in um and I think that that will be reflected more and more as subsequent installments come out we 've decided uh, this is this is uh this is an exclusive no one else knows this okay. so you guys are breaking okay. this news. Um, but we decided that, um, the next installment, because it's going to come in a page or two shorter than the first one, we're going to start adding like official handbook style pages at the back.
2: <laughs> oh, cool. I love We've, those.
0: Yeah. I'm sold right there. I love those. Up,
1: oh, did we lose Chris again? Oh, like oh, well, oh, there you are right
0: there. There you I'm are. Here, I'm, here. I'm still talking. It's, I, I apologize. I moved to an apartment complex in Portland, and the internet connection is not fantastic. Well,
1: let's talk about that really quick because, uh, you know, you were down in uh, Austin. Is that where you were at? Yes. And then all of a sudden, I see one night on Twitter that you're like, "Hey, I'm on my my way to Portland," and I was, and my first reaction or my first thought is, "Why is he moving to the Pacific Northwest?" And this was, of course, right after the D.C. thing had kind of. Uh, was over and blown through, and I was like, well, maybe he 's going to go work for Dark Horse comics uh up there in that area but what why the move
0: uh, I moved here uh, i i' lived in uh Texas on and off basically my entire life, and um this most recent stint uh my wife and I had been in Austin for about fifteen years mm-hmm. and um it had just gotten ridiculously hot oh. um, very very hot and unpleasant. Mm-hmm. And, um, the main appeal of the Pacific Northwest is, um, Sparkly this vampires. St- there is water that falls from the sky here, um, which for my friends back in Texas is what rain, uh, is. Um, so yeah, there's lots of common people here. There's, uh, you can walk places, you can go outside and not catch on fire. It's great. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's gotta be refreshing considering, uh, just this past week, one of, uh, not too far from here, 120 degrees, a mm-hmm. yep. hot spot in the nation. So, Yeah. Um, Aesop's I Ark, like what's what's up with, what is that about?
0: Aesop's Ark by uh, Jay Torres mm-hmm. and uh, Jennifer L. Meyer mm-hmm.
2: Um, mm-hmm.
0: is a series of animal fables set on Noah's Ark, um, each with some sort of moral lesson. Excellent. And it's a very different, very interesting extremely well-written and gorgeous to look at book that's really unlike anything else, at least currently on the comics market.
1: And then you've got Bandette. Yes. By Paul Tobin and and Colleen
0: Coover. Uh, Bandette is uh, about a teenage girl masked thief who has lighthearted adventures. And as as Paul once described it to me, it's like um, he thinks french teen comics are not how they probably actually were nice that's the one that i'm definitely interested in on that art style as well oh well colleen's work colleen's work is always fantastic but it it almost feels like she leveled up with this because it's just gorgeous yeah where have we
1: seen where have we seen paul tobin's
0: work before well paul was really he was uh one of the mainstays and uh um, heavy lifters on the Marvel Adventures books for a long time. That's right. Okay. That's right. Um, and and was writing at one point the vast majority of all the all the stuff at Marvel. And um, he's done a bunch of other stuff. At Marvel. He did the, the Fantastic Age of Century with, mm. with uh, uh, Jeff Parker a few years ago.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and he did Models Inc. A couple of years back.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I love that book.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's he's a, he, he just published his first prose novel, um, uh, called Prepare to Die, with Nightshade Books. And I really recommend that as well, um, even though I, I get nothing, none of it. There's no money for <laughs> right. me. Uh, but, yeah, he's a fantastic writer. And, uh, you know, hopefully more people will start checking out his other work as a result of this.
1: And then the final book in this uh, initial release is October Girl by Matthew Dow
2: Smith. The 11th um, Doctor.
0: What's that? Matthew Smith. He's the 11th Doctor, I believe. <laughs> well, ironically, Matthew um, Dow Smith has spent the last few years drawing the Doctor Who comics for Iw. Excellent. Um, and he's just a phenomenally talented artist. Probably best. I mean, he's best known for things like Doctor Who. He also did. Uh, I think he did Judgment Day. What I think uh, for DC a million years ago? He did an issue or two of Starman with James Robinson. He drew the first appearance of uh, Lobster Johnson and a backup in Hellboy. Um, and um, he's also a fantastic writer, which most people wouldn't have had opportunity to learn before now. Uh, but this is a project that that he's wanted to do for a while, and uh, when we approached him about doing something with Monkey Brain, he basically turned right around and handed us October Girl, which is just fantastic.
1: Excellent. Now, we do have to talk about that there are not just five books that Monkey Brain is putting out. You've got a load of creators who are some of them well-known names. Uh, coming in to do uh, creator-owned works with with Monkey Brain. I mean, uh, many people who are familiar with the comic blogging world know Kevin Church's name. Um, uh-huh. Same way with um, oh, where's the other name that I saw? Um, ch- 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 well, people Maybe will Chris? know Phil His- Hester's name. Uh, people will know Ming Doyle's name. Uh, people will know this guy Thomas Perkins uh-huh. uh, is doing something with you, and. And I think that's very kind of uh cool uh that you're working with him on on something that he still won't tell me what it is. <laughs>
0: Even though you ask him
1: every day. Every time I talk with him, I ask him, What are you working on? What are you working on? What are you working it on? It
0: will be announced next week at San Diego. Excellent. And uh, he's he's we've been it's something we've been talking about for months. Is it um, is it the critical hit comic book? It it should be.
2: <laughs> <I think> sadly no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, you know, it's funny because uh, Thomas and I have had this kind of mutual admiration society online for the last few years. Right. Um, and um, have just been, you know, trading compliments uh, on various websites and blogs and whatnot. And we finally started in the spring talk about doing something together. And I think we came up with what it would be over the course of a phone call and like two or three emails. Like Excellent. it was really, really fast. And then he's a really busy guy Oh yeah. Uh, and uh, has an actual job and stuff. <laughs> um, so it was only in the last week or two that he started sending uh, uh, like images, like promo pieces that we could use at our San Diego panel. Mm-hmm. They are ridiculously awesome. Like they are like, like, I want to read that book right now and I haven't written it yet. So I've got to go do that. So he'll draw it, and I can see how oh,
1: fantastic. Uh, so you're going you're writing, and he's illustrating. He's not working with another creator.
0: Oh yeah, I should. Uh, that's a, that, that spoiler. But uh, Yes, I will make it, and uh, uh, Thomas is
1: drawing. It. Excellent. Uh, Chris Sims is the other name that I was uh, looking for here on this list, and then, of course, there's this guy, uh, Bill Willingham, that many people may have heard of, who's also working on a project. Yeah. Uh, with I think Monkey he used
0: Brain. to uh, draw the Elementals, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> a long time He
1: used to do work Dungeons and Dragons books, if you can. Yeah, really that's him. what it was. I saw him drawing
0: Ironwood or something.
1: <laughs> uh, Bill, I tried to pry something out of him, then I forgot to follow back up with him today, but he seems pretty mum on, on his project. You've got a lot of projects going on uh, with Monkey Brain Comics. Yes. Do you know how many, what's the total? Do you have a, a, a running total now?
0: Uh, it keeps changing. Um, I, when we counted last, and this was, this was a few weeks ago. It was something on the order of like thirty plus projects. Wow! Works.
1: Now, um, now
0: are, I, I don't know right now. Are
1: these all ongoing series? Are they series? Are they are they books that are going to come out quarterly? I mean, thirty books. I mean, you're looking. You're you, that's a company the size of a of a boom or a dynamite right now.
0: Well, the the one of the real advantages of, of doing digital is that you're not. Limited to the page count of an individual comic, right? right. Um, or to you know even a set release sc- schedule. You know like what week of the month is coming up. Mm-hmm. So virtually everything we're doing uh, at the at the outset is serialized, um, but the length and the frequency is something the creators are figuring out on their own. Okay. But we we have been in talks about doing some things that would be longer. You know the, the equivalent, digital equivalent of an original graphic novel. Okay. Um some of them are mini series that have very definitive beginning and end points. Some of them are ongoing serials. Uh it it's really just up to the creators um, figuring out what best serves the needs of the story they're telling.
1: Excellent. So what's the what's the price point? Because
0: uh, it seems to vary. It does uh, that's another thing that we're working out with the creators of the individual titles. Um because you know um it, it, there's not any hard and fast rule. It's really down to um, what's a fair price that will be affordable for readers but will um, recoup enough money for you to afford to keep doing this.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, a lot of the titles are will come in between like 8 and 13 pages maybe
2: mm-hmm.
0: and be 99 cents. Some of them will be between 20, 24 even 28 pages at a $1.99. Um put things even longer at different prices um, are on the horizon.
1: Okay. So what else then are you working on besides um, Edison Rex devoting yourself to monkey brain comics? Um, are you still doing some stuff with IDW? Uh,
0: yes. Uh, and, you know, you know, I should, I should make clear that like um, I don't have any kind of like anti publisher stance or anti <laughs> uh, print stance or anything of the, the sort, like like monkey brain and the digital thing ex- exists to create a new avenue both for creators to get things out and for readers to find things to enjoy but i'm still very much dedicated to making print comics and um working with publishers and getting things into the direct market retail stores so um next week um at San Diego Comic-Con um one new creator on ongoing one new work for hire mini series
2: mm-hmm. and
0: one new uh, creator owned mini series will be announced excellent uh, at three, those are at three different companies and um one of them will be a press release that comes out on wednesday okay. and the other two will be announced at panels if not earlier uh over the Di- comic con international at san diego weekend
1: excellent so i guess you know, kind of swinging back around to creator rights, and, and certainly, guys, if you have any questions, you know, pipe in. Um, is iZombie creator-owned, or does Vertigo own part of that, or DC own part of that?
0: No, so, um, and this, this is where it gets into really, uh, for me, because I kind of like intellectual property, Sure. interesting uh, uh, areas of subtlety, because uh, iZombie is wholly owned by um, me in the... the body of monkey brain incorporated. In which okay. He stuff, and, uh, Mike Allright. So we own the rights to it. The control of those rights, um, resides with uh, DC entertainment, um, until those rights were revert. So, um, at the moment, and into perpetuity, the book belongs to me and Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, but the exercise of the rights and what to do with them in terms of movies or TV shows or action figures or lunchboxes or what have you, is a decision that remains with DC until the rights revert. Isn't that
1: happens. the same kind of situation that that Alan Moore got into?
0: Yeah, it's it's very it's almost identical. My my wife is adding commentary to the road. It's, it's, it's based on whether they request. Yeah, there is there is there is a difference, and the difference is. Um, that in the the contract for for iZombie, there are reversion rights that are built into uh, a certain period of time okay. and uh, no new work being requested and things like that. Right. Whereas with Watch, Watchman was very much a prototypical DC creator-owned book mm-hmm. um, because you know as described from 1985 onwards. It's a situation in which all rights revert to Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons upon certain things happening. Um, that's not a work-for-hire scenario. That's a creator-owned book. Mm-hmm. It just so happens that it, until the rights revert, the copyright is held temporarily under the name of DC Comics.
1: So if DC wanted to sell the iZombie movie or create up a whole line of uh, uh, Barbie dolls done up in, in the in the lead character's style, they could do that and you guys don't really have any say on that?
0: Um. Essentially, yes. They would have to give me money, but I couldn't stop them doing it.
1: Okay. And I mean, how does that make you feel, Chris? Uh,
0: I don't work for that company anymore.
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, uh, but are you going to? Are you going to? If they send you a big fat check someday uh, during the uh, the movie negotiations, are you just going to tear it up and throw it away, or is that something you're going to say? I'm going to accept this money because this
0: is work, work that, that I I I've did. created. Yeah. Right. That's a, that's an excellent question, that's a bridge I'd probably have to set fire to when I got to it. Hold on, I You know, I, I I've already turned down paying work already. Uh, I'm not <laughs> prepared to turn down movie money on principle, right? Uh, in the abstract, which is not to say that I wouldn't. I would just have to, you know, see how things happen. Sure, sure. Which is also say there'd have to be a movie deal first, and I can tell you that. Um, uh, so, so DC Comics and DC Entertainment is an arm of Time Warner. Right. Uh, Time Warner is an entertainment company, and Time Warner uh, is a publicly traded uh, uh, entertainment company
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, that treats uh, prop uh, properties that could be turned into movies and TV shows as assets. Right. So here's the interesting wrinkle. Um, DC Entertainment is the publisher of uh, iZombie. Mm -hmm. And they control the rights to sell the option to turn that into a movie or TV show. They don't own the rights to do that, but they're the ones who basically say yes or no to any offer. But they're also part of a a company that makes TV shows Mm -hmm. and movies. So what's happened over the course of the last three years is that every attempt to turn iZombie into a TV show or movie, and there have been several, are turned down by DC. With the response that we're thinking about doing something with, it. Um, mm. and then it just basically what happens is DC treats the creator on properties that they control as properties that they might be able to exploit at some point in the future,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, but they don't pay for them. So, like I, you know, the, the creator's not paid an option fee, right? As I got an advance on option. Money. I did get a small advance. They 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 do pay a small advance stuff. <laughs> so, that's true, but it's not what you get from. somebody else. Anyway, we should stop talking about this. Un- uh,
1: that that's fine. That's fine. I don't want you to get into anything that's going to get you into trouble or anything like that. Uh, it's yeah. probably already happened. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what what about the you know the other thing was um, the Cinderella fables um, story, the fairest storyline. Is that totally gone now too?
0: Yeah, that's not gonna happen. It's too bad. <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with that. I know that I'm not writing it. Um, okay. you know th- that uh, a new Cinderella story may be appearing in Paris, um, but I've been informed that I will not be writing it. Okay. Which again, that was not that was not Mr. Williams' decision. That was the decision that he made. Yeah, that's kind of the feeling but, that I got from
1: from Bill when I had chatted with him briefly about yeah. that. But um, sh- so what's then? What's the next? What's the next big thing? Obviously, San Diego Comic Con is coming up. And by the time people hear this in a few days or maybe they're in the future, hello, future people. um, (laughs) What kind of uh, what kind of reactions do you think people are going to have to all of this at the show? Obviously, there's going to be some people that are going to be have some animosity towards you. And then there's going to be people that are just fully embracing everything that you do.
0: You know, it's funny. I I haven't really dealt with any uh, uh, animosity direct to me. I mean, I've seen, you know, things on on message boards and blogs and whatnot. Uh, but they basically just, just treat the idea of me or anything I've said in the abstract wh- while possibly descending into ad hominem facts. Um, but anybody that has, has spoken to me directly, either in person or on, you know, on Twitter or by email, has been almost uniformly positive and supportive, even Good. if they don't always agree with me. Um, as for what I anticipate, you know, at San Diego, by the time San Diego starts. The announcement of one of my this this one crazy work project will have just come out uh, the the day of preview night. Excellent. And um, I suspect that a lot of people will be when they if they encounter me asking me how the heck I got that job. <laughs> um, and yeah, or ask me like how Monkey Brain works, or you know, can they do a book for Monkey Brain? So well, and
1: so that was that was my, my going to be one of my questions because I when you and I were chatting. When this, uh, when you, your wife first sent out the uh, initial round of, of uh, teases on uh-huh. Monkey Brain Comics, and I saw Thomas's name, I was like, "Hey, uh, what about this Critical Hit comic book?" <laughs> you know, certainly now you are your own company and open for business. So does that mean people can just come flooding to you guys and saying, "Hey, here's my pitch for my comic book. Sign me up."
0: Um. the The unfortunate truth is that Monkey Brain Comics, while it sounds like a big giant. Operation is just me and Allison, mm-hmm. um, and usually it's 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 me and my wife after our daughter's gone to bed and yeah. <laughs> after we've finished our day jobs for the day, right? Um, so we don't have uh, any kind of open submissions at the moment. Uh, we do occasionally take new projects on, um, but uh, you know, and, and having been and this this is less to the specifics of, of, of Critical Head and more just like people. Right, right.
2: Sure. On the internet,
0: having been a an aspiring, I want to write guy, um, the last thing anybody wants to hear is that we're not interested in seeing your stuff, because um, I know there's fantastic, uh, very talented creators out there who haven't broken in yet. Mm-hmm. It's that like I, I can't continue to make comics and publish other people's comics and still have the bandwidth to look at submissions. Right. Um, so I, I would love for. Uh, circumstances to change at some point in the future and for us to be able to be a little more open to that. And I would certainly look to, um, you know, move in that direction if we can. But at the moment, I have to be kind of an uh, ass about it and say, sure, we're, we're oh, not,
1: we're not open. Well, I'm sure you're going to be saying that a lot, though, at at the convention.
0: Uh, I might wait till after they buy me a drink. You know? <laughs> no, that's, that's
1: so did you go out and find everybody who's who's uh, now publishing through Monkey Brain Comics, or or did they come to you, or how did how did those relationships build? Uh,
0: everyone that's currently working with us, um, both on things that have come out so far and things that are in the future, are um, either people I knew personally, uh, mm-hmm. people I knew professionally, or people whose work I liked and I, I went after. Um, we spent a number of months, the first uh, few months of this year, just contacting people we knew in many cases that we didn't know, uh, we didn't have any kind of personal dealings with. And I would just say, you know, I'm so-and-so I'm doing this thing. I love your work. I would love to see more from you. If you have anything, you know, we'd love to see it. So, um, it has been invite only. Mm -hmm. Um, and many of those invitations happened, you know, over drinks at a convention or over dinner. Some of them happened by email with people that were effectively complete strangers, uh, but whose work I knew. It's just been, um, you know, it's like it's a heist movie. And I was putting together the perfect team to, um, you know, uh, take all the money from that particular casino.
1: Right. (laughs) So what happens? I mean, right now, Monkey Brain Comics owns the digital uh, rights. Mm -hmm. What about trade paperbacks down the future?
0: Uh, uh, print rights, Mm -hmm. including trades or individual issues or anything of that sort, um, those rights are retained entirely by the individual creators. So um, they are free to make any deals that they want or can. Mm -hmm. Um, We've already uh, had interest from some uh, print publishers um, about doing collections, and I know that some of our creators have been in talks with other print publishers,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. and um, so it would not surprise me in the slightest if you saw You know, trade collections of things originally published as multi-brain digital comics on in print editions uh, on the shelves of comic shops, you know, in the relatively near future.
1: Um, But you're going to go through other publishers and not your own monkey brain books?
0: um, Well, it's certainly a possibility. Um, If there's a if there's a thing, there's a project that, um, you know, I feel very strongly, you know, should be a print collection. Um, and there's no print publisher interested, I am a print publisher and could do it myself. Um, My hesitation is that that costs money. And um, uh, having been a print publisher for, you know, 10 years, I know that the way print publishing works is basically you you take a large sum of money, uh, you dig a hole uh, (laughs) somewhere in a field, and you bury it. And then you hope that a year later you can find that hole again if the money is still there. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, Well, and then Red has to show up and find the volcanic rock, which is even more complicated. (laughs) So at the moment, if I can trick other people into into publishing these things instead um, and do that kind of heavy financial lifting, uh, I will not hesitate to do so. All right. Well, Chris, I know we've been
1: talking a lot about Monkey Brain comics and of course that's the big news and I'm sure everybody's going to have uh um you know more questions and everything uh for you in the in the coming weeks. Um and is there anything else that you wanted to to cover or touch on uh today about upcoming projects, you know, if you wanted to just tell us what these three books are ahead of time. You know, I'm sure it would be fine by by us and yeah. our listeners. And
0: we yeah, will. I, I will keep it secret until <laughs> tomorrow. I, I I honestly wish I could because I am uh, two of them in particular. I am I am bursting at the seams to talk about. Excellent. Um, sadly I cannot, or they must not happen. <laughs> I
1: mean that's a, that's yeah, the way. No, these no. I under, I understand that. That's that's pretty cool. Tell us a little bit about the panel at Comic Con. It's on uh, Friday, July thirteenth, oh. seven p.m.
0: That's correct. In room four. Okay. Um, uh, moderated by, uh, Bill Willingham.
2: Mm-hmm. um,
0: mm-hmm. in attendance will be myself, my co-publisher, Allison Baker, uh, Brandon Seifert, uh, best known for witch doctor, uh, Joe Keating, who does a uh, hell yeah. And glory, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Paul Tobin and Colleen Kluber, DJ Kirkbride, which is Joe's at the panel, right? Yeah. I just said he was. Yeah. And other people.
1: Are, are you going to be announcing all the titles at the convention?
0: No, because, you know, as I said, like, our, our our basic rule of thumb that we try to follow is that we don't do a lot of marketing push until things are available. Um, but in that in San Diego, and there'll be a lot of people very eager to find out what's going on,
2: mm-hmm.
0: we'll be um, teasing the titles being done by the, the panelists and the, the other creators that are in attendance. Excellent. Um, so it's not everything but it's the things that the people that are in that room can talk about um, and get hopefully people excited about. Uh, it may well happen that Thomas Perkins uh, would be at that panel, <laughs> and uh, we may have art of his to show.
1: I can't wait. I cannot wait. Wish I was there because it
0: sounds really exciting, Chris. Well, I'm sure that we'll put all those things on our website at monkeybraincomics.com the uh, the second that we sober up enough to ask someone to do so. <laughs>
1: All right, Chris. Well, thank you so much for taking some time and chatting with us uh, today. Uh, really appreciate it, and good luck with Monkey Brain Comics. And again, we're going to have you back again before the next three big announcements that that come out of your out of your out of your home.
0: Well, th- thank you so much for having me back, and by all means, um, uh, we'll talk again anytime after next week. And okay. I can talk a lot more stuff.
1: Excellent. All right, thank you, Chris.
0: Thank you, guys. Bye.
2: Stop talking about comic books
0: or I'll kill you.
2: Clone. stop spending all our cash on back issues of the flash or i swear to god you're gonna spend your twilight years alone major spoilers it's copyright 2012